everyone. Welcome back to the Queens of Social Work podcast. I'm your co-host, Queen P. And I'm your co-host, Queen H. We invite you all to join us this week as we share, laugh, cry, and learn through our experiences as women of color who happen to be social workers. Let's get started. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I cannot believe it is season five. Girl, it's been a long time coming. Word. We've been doing this thing, trying to make it happen little by little, and we have done it. It is two years. Yes. Two years. I have to say, when we started this journey... We knew that we just wanted to keep going, keep going until whenever. And being at year two is so rewarding. And I'm so grateful that we're still here and that we still have all of these listeners who are so deeply invested and who want to see and hear about what's going on with us. That's so awesome to have. That that is that's a big blessing. I mean, every time someone writes to us, I'm like, y'all be listening. <laughs> <laughs> You've said that before. You're like, what people really listen to us? <laughs> yes, I mean, it's just you know, okay, friends and family may listen, but strangers, oh my goodness, we have something to say, and people are listening. <laughs> I- Love that. I do love that because it speaks to having your finger on the pulse of what's happening in these streets. And you know, you keep your ears to the streets. I try. You know what I mean? No matter where I'm at, I try to keep my ears to the streets. They don't always happen, but you know what I mean? I try to keep it to the streets because you don't want to get got out here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, not get got. <laughs> Lord. You're absolutely right, though. You don't want to get got. You don't want to get caught up, like they say. That's it. So we're here. It's year two. We want to thank you guys for your support and all that it's taken to get to this point. Um, in our first year, we what did we do? Not only did we drop the podcast uh, or release the podcast, rather, but we wrote our first book. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look back, you know, we'll be so proud that you know we were able to release this guide is like a textbook that can be used in social work school, can be used to someone that's new to emergency room social work, because sometimes some places, right, they say that they'll train you, but then they just throw you to the wolves, right? And so at least you have this as a a, a foundation so that you know that you know what you're doing. And then as you go along, you'll find tips and tricks that are akin to that facility, right? Because every facility is different, but what happens is the work is similar. And so then you'll be able to just utilize that foundation that we provide in this guidebook to do the best damn work you can do, because that's what we're trying to do. Exactly. Thank you to everyone who's supported us um, thus far. Thank you to everyone who's purchased the book. It is out. It is available on Amazon. It is a colorful (laughs) book, um, but you will find what it is that you need in there, especially if you want to learn more about the profession. You want to learn more about 
ER social work specifically. And even if you, you're not really interested in ER social work, you're interested in medical social work, that is there too. So please, please look out for our book, check it out. Link is in our bio, link is in Linktree. It's there, you'll find it, you know. <laughs> That's it, it's there, it's there. I'm just excited because I know that we have so much um, that we're trying to accomplish that we want to do in year two. In the grand scheme of things is life is life then. Yeah. So so, so we're going to get the stuff done. I thank and and we appreciate everybody hanging in there with us. People have been asking us for specific things. So we got some things coming. And I would love for us to launch it in Social Work Month, but we're going to see how it goes because life is life. And so the, the reality is, is that uh, we have to be patient with ourselves and go with where we are. You know, the thing is, we in this for the long haul, not the short time. And so we're going to make sure things um, get done how they need to be done because we're not going to put out shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put out good stuff, high grade. We like the finest of marijuana, <laughs> the finest. Now look now, you know, that's something I know about now. <laughs> <laughs> Not the high grade, you're talking my language, all right. <laughs> Let's go to the farm in Jamaica, all right. <laughs> all right. Look, I'm talking like, have you spoken? <laughs> well, you know, in New York... It's legal, so we good. <laughs> a lot of dispensaries and stuff opening up. And I think that's a great business. You know, initially, um, they were allowing people in New York who had these, um, like, charges for being in a possession of marijuana. Um, they were the first in line to be approved for these licenses, I guess, to open up cannabis businesses, et cetera. So I'm hoping that, you know, those who could have taken advantage of it did, because it's a great thing to have. Mm-hmm. And we know, you know, they've been trying to keep black and brown folks out of that sphere, but there are people trying to push through. Yes. Um, with that, Erica Ford, uh, we know her from, you know, I love my life and all the campaigns she has been doing for, you know, keeping the peace in the community, but also, you know, just rights for black people she was one of the first to get a, a a license and be able to do it so that's amazing yes very much we got to even the playing field man it's just <laughs> and and obviously this is a recurring theme right we're always brought to this point where we talk about the injustices where we talk about the systematic oppression the inherent injustice right and so um, you know, it's social work month. <laughs> and here we go. The theme for this year's social work month is social work breaks barriers. And apparently it's supposed to highlight how social workers have enriched our society and we empower people and communities to overcome hurdles that prevent them from living life to the fullest. You know, we're we're breaking barriers constantly. I mean, I think to do the work is to break a barrier, right? That's what we're doing for our clients all the time. That's true. Things, well, structures are set up in a certain way for so people don't have, right? Are quote unquote less than. We know that they're not less than, but they, that's where they try to keep them. And each day we're here to try to break the barriers. And, you know, in different levels, there are some of us who are trying to break barriers and in, in policy 
right? Mm -hmm. Some of us are trying to break barriers in our little organization we work at, Mm -hmm. uh, in the community that we live, right? And so that is the work that social workers do, break barriers constantly. Listen, did you see, and I just read, you know, this maybe like the other day, I guess like maybe two days ago on IG, actually, I saw that NASW, uh, New York State, had put out that um, the New York Office of Professions no longer recognizing the R. Yeah, insurance law changed and, you know, people will not need to get the R to be respected in these streets. So they're no longer, as of January 1st, taking that R application processing it or do anything so those who had it before you got it uh and those coming after you don't need it be out be great in these streets <laughs> i have to tell you i have mixed feelings because mm-hmm. it almost minimizes the work that because you got to do a lot of shit to get a R. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm you got to pay a little dollars. You got to have all this supervision, et cetera. Um, have somebody with an R sign off on your stuff. Like it's a process. Mm-hmm. Everything is a process. And so now we could just move around without the R. Really? What about all those who went through the struggle to get it? It doesn't feel good, right? Because somebody's, whatever, they had to sacrifice to get there and to get that. And now here we are just walking through the door. Just like when people grandfathered in, you know, a bunch of us had to sit for a test. A bunch of us didn't. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Not really cool. But if this is one of those things, like I said earlier, that's leveling the playing field, then what can we do, right? We we talk about we want change. We talk about we want betterment. We talk about we don't want these unnecessary barriers to getting what we need to do, right? ASWB test revealed that a particular portion of people of color were not passing. You know what I'm saying? People said the test was racist. All these things. Okay, do we still need to test? Like, where are we going to um, maintain our credibility? Where, mm-hmm. where are we what's going to be put in place to lend what we need to the profession, to recognize it, to continue to recognize it as a profession, to continue to break these barriers, to continue to move these walls? Uh, where, where does that go? Where are we going? What, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, those are the things that come up for me. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I mean, uh, about the whole R designation, I'm, I'm down with that. Get rid of it. Well, I got to do three extra years. Mind you, I've been already doing this for a thousand years for you to say that I'm worthy to get paid a certain amount. No. Um, as soon as I get my LCSW, I'm worthy. Okay. Thank you. Right. Uh, don't play with me. Like, don't mm-hmm. play on my name. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I understand the, the need for an exam for licensure because we do need to we, we have to be there for them to give us the respect that we deserve, give us the payment that we deserve. So I think there has to be something there, but I think it just has to be reworked, right? Like anything else, the exam has to be reworked. Because honestly, listen, you go to medical school, you got to take an exam. You go to law school, you got to take an exam. I don't, I don't think we should be different, especially if we're talking about we're dealing with people's lives, right? We're dealing with people's brains. I think we do need to be licensed. And some people are not going to agree with that. And that's fine. We all do not have to agree on these things. We can respectfully agree to disagree because I, I do that quite often with people. But at the same token, I feel like social work has to be respected. Social work 
it has been here. Like people act like they can't live without a social worker. So then you got to pay us like you can't live without a social worker. And and that's not to say that social workers don't get paid and can't get paid. But I just think that there needs to be a leveling of the playing field in a, in a lot of ways. Just like teachers should be paid more, social workers should be paid more. Why are people who are in business getting paid a whole lot, making six figures, coming straight out of school, and we out here pinching pennies and have to work towards that? Nah, kid. Nah, kid. It's gotta be something different out here. I agree. I agree. I, I definitely think the test and licensure has to be reworked for sure. For sure. It has to make sense. You know, they call themselves um, giving out the same test or similar tests across the board or what have you. But with the context of that, the knowledge, skill, assessment, all that, we got to figure that out. Because social work in Idaho is not social work in New York City. Thanks. Nah. We got to nah. figure that out. Um, and you know, in order for social work to look like the people who social work is helping those marginalized communities, we really got to make a test more reflective of those who will be working in those fields because people are not running to social work, let's be honest. Now it is an expanding field growing all the time, right? But I see the growth in people of color coming into the profession, not necessarily the people who are, you know, were there before. We're seeing more people of color coming into the profession. But, um, you know, one of the things that I, I do appreciate is that um, social work is getting more recognition in terms of being seen as necessary, just like you were saying a little bit, you know, uh, y'all need social workers, right? So there's this program out in New York called the Be Heard Program under New York City Health and Hospitals. And this is where social workers are now being called in to respond to emotionally disturbed calls, um, things like that. Apparently the city is trying to minimize unnecessary deaths, I guess, by law enforcement or right. unnecessary um, interaction with law enforcement if it's clear that a person is emotionally disturbed or has some kind of mental health component. Um, and I think it's great. I know that other cities, uh, I think Chicago is doing the same working on that mental health thing because um, there was a really big push for that as part of these reform laws for all these incidents that keep occurring. Um, and I think it's great. I think that is a barrier. I think that people recognizing the work uh, and the importance of it is definitely breaking the barrier of not being able to address things in the way that they should have been addressed a long time ago. Absolutely. And it is uh, popping up all over the the country because I know um, in, in Durham in North Carolina, they have a unit starting. So, you know, it's, it's happening all over the country. You cannot respond to a mental health crisis with force. That doesn't work. It escalates it even more. Um, I just hope that this kind of program receives the resources that it needs and the education um, that it needs for others, right? Because I know some people feel a way about it, like you're taking away someone's job or, um, oh, if you think you can do it better than me, then, you know, go right on ahead, but we'll see what happens. Don't call us when it goes astray. You know, I've heard some of that kind of dialogue. So I think there just has to be an education on how we can work together to achieve. Um, the things that we need to achieve for people and give people the help and the services that are necessary. 
Very well said, Queen H. Very well said. What y'all doing for Social Work Month? <laughs> How y'all celebrating? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I think, you know, the, the beauty of it is that there are plenty of, you know, Black social workers who have paved the way for us to be in this field, to recognize how the work is impactful mm -hmm. um, to not just us, but to the masses, as we know, as usual, right? Whatever we do, it's always impactful to everyone else <laughs> and, and sets the tone. And, and some people that I'm thinking about is um, Mary Church Terrell. She served and she co-founded um, the National Association of Colored Women. Um, and then she became a, a charter member of NAACP. She worked tirelessly towards women's suffrage and she was really combating, you know, the fact that African-American women were excluded from the women's rights movement. She's like, no, listen, we here, you need to respect us. We're women too. We deserve equal rights, right? <laughs> there you go. And so, um, you know, I think just thinking about her and the fact that she was um, the first African-American woman to earn a college degree. And we've been earning these degrees ever since. We are here popping degrees like M&Ms, okay? Look, taking over and just fighting for us to be seen and heard. And she's not one that gets mentioned, but we know, right? That that foundational work is important. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. So there's also Dorothy Height, called the godmother of the civil rights movement. Um, she was a key figure in the most groundbreaking developments in the 20th century. Apparently, she joined Harlem by WCA in 1937, where she would direct integration of its centers and establish the Center of Racial Justice in 1965. During her time at the YWCA, she began volunteering for National Council of Negro Women and became the president of the organization in 1957. Um, and she was instrumental also in organizing the 1963 March on Washington. She would go on to help found National Women's Political Caucus in 1971. And she was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1994 and the Congressional Gold Medal in 2004 as well. So that's only two women. Yes. Right? That, you know, influenced and also, you know, were important figures in the face of social work, right? Mm -hmm. We know there's many more, right? Including Queen H. <laughs> including, because we out here making the news, okay? Y'all don't even know. But anyway. Oh, Lord, Lord. Including all the wonderful people who have been on our show, um, Queen J, Queen K, um, and the other Queen K, <laughs> the queens who've been on our show, you know, who've done so much in their own local communities, who've done things abroad, who continue to grow, you know, personally, professionally. We're all breaking barriers because everybody is the first at something. You're right about that. The first or one of a few that have done it. And I think we need to keep going. I agree. You know, there's no, no, no need to stop. No limits. Exactly. So that's all I got for y'all today. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a wrap. That's all we got for y'all. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>
If you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at the Queens of Social Work Pod or on Instagram at the Queens of Social Work. If you want more information on the topic we discussed today, feel free to check out our show notes or email us at thequeensofsocialwork at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.